Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You and week two of our Wealth Mindset series. And hey, before we dive into today's content, I want to give you a quick announcement, an exciting announcement, and that is that finally, after much awaited long months and months and months, uh, my book is available for pre-order. If I had a little sound system, I would do like a bum bum ching or something like that to celebrate or maybe a, a round of applause or something. But I'm so excited to be able to get you guys ordering this book, Goodness Culture, Recovering the Essence of Eden. And I really think that you guys are going to enjoy it. And so what I want to do is if you have not already pre-ordered, I really want to encourage you to do that. You can do that through my website, www.rachelwartman.com. If you don't know how to spell my name, it is right there on your device that you're listening to this podcast on. And um, yeah, go to my website and you can do the pre-order. And while you're at it, I'd love for you to sign up for the newsletter as well. Um, And again, we are pre-ordering this book solely through my website for a little bit and you will be getting free shipping on it. So you don't have to worry. It's not uh, you're not going to be charged shipping for the book. Um, You're also getting a bit of a discounted price as well. When it goes to Amazon later in a few months, uh, the price will be a little bit higher. So I highly recommend that you buy the book from me. And yeah, okay, we're ready to start promoting the book. So there's going to be a lot more on that later. But let's dive into today's topic. So we are in week two talking about wealth mindset, biblical mindset of wealth. And today we're talking about four ways we sabotage God's provision. And so last week we talked about biblical biblical principles. And today we're talking about things the enemy wants to do. So the number one thing that happens in our life that really sabotages God's provision is bad debt. Bad debt. Now, I want to say to you, you might be like, well, isn't all debt bad? Not necessarily, actually. We like to look at it as there's good debt and bad debt. Good debt adds value to you long term. What would be good debt? Well, a house mortgage would be good debt because you are, in theory, getting appreciation for your house. In a few years or 10 plus years, when you go to sell your house, you should make some money on it, especially in the market in 2022. Uh, Bad debt would be credit card debt where you are paying high prices of interest on something that isn't paying for your daily living expenses primarily. So, you know, most utilities and mortgage payments and health insurance and that kind of stuff does not allow you to pay on your credit card. So what does that mean? That means a lot of times what's on our credit card are the things of life that we want, not necessarily the things of life that we need. Credit card debt is a bad debt. Quick payday loans. Ooh, mama, we're just diving in straight to the deep end right now. I don't know if you've ever had a quick payday loan, but these things are terrible. The interest is so high. They're kind of like like legal bookies. You know, I always uh, we've got some people in our life from time to time who get in a bind where they they needed money quick and they went and got one of these quick payday loans. And man, are they sorely frustrated with that process. So one of the biggest ways that we challenge the provision of God that we we don't steward it well is by having a lot of bad debt in our life. Um, I'm not a big proponent of being completely debt free. Don't don't shoot me. I said it. Don't shoot me. 
Um, and the reason is because there are some debts in life that are good debts, like a home mortgage. You know, you could spend if you let's just say you have a house that's one hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars and that's what you bought it for. And you could spend years paying off that house. And that's an incredible accomplishment. And I don't think that's wrong biblically to want to have your house paid off. But you could take that same hundred thousand dollars that you dedicate over the next 10 years to pay off your mortgage before it's time. And you could invest that into something else and end up with more on the back end. Now, I don't want to just say invest in anything and, you know, you'll get rich quick because Lord knows that's not true. And I'm not even saying play the stock market like some big gamble role. What I'm saying is there are biblical investments that you can make. Well, let's go back to the parable of the talents again, right? Jesus awarded in his story, he awarded the two that actually used the money to do something and make money with it. He awarded them and he did not award the person who uh, just held on to the money and didn't invest it into anything. This is a very challenging scripture for us because we want to think that Jesus would be happy with us if we just don't lose the things that he's given us. But that's not really the story that he told. So number one, we sabotage God's provision by going into bad debt. If you have debt in your life right now, most Americans do. I want to really encourage you, prioritize paying off your bad debt first. Prioritize paying off your credit card and then learn to live within your means. Sometimes this means that we have to really challenge our family and help our family understand what things cost, help our family contribute to the the income in that way. Maybe we need to pick up a side hustle, whatever, but we need to recognize that bad debt is actually not a good thing. It's actually sabotaging the provision God wants to bring into your life. A lot of times it's our future seed money that we talked about in last week's episode that goes to paying for yesterday's bread, and that is out of balance in the kingdom. The second way that we sabotage God's provision, and this is a big one, is we get rid of what God brings to us. We get rid of it. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to over the years who are so insecure about having money in their bank account. It makes them nervous. If they've got, you know, if they've found a way to save a couple thousand dollars in their bank account and they start sweating about it, right? And so what do they do? They put in a pool in their backyard, above ground pool. They go on a vacation. They, you know, pay a bunch down on their car payment, They, which might not be a bad thing. They go buy the clothes their kids have needed and they spend the money because having it makes them nervous. If you are someone in this category, I really, really want to challenge you. Go back to episode 98. Listen to the episode about mammon and the poverty spirit and ask the Lord to bring you out of that mindset. Because what we do is we push away the provision God wants to bring us because we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust the Lord. And there's a lot of demonic thinking in that. I'm not necessarily necessarily saying you're possessed or oppressed or even need deliverance. What I'm saying is that thinking is a demonic thought that comes against God who wants to bring increase to you. If you are somebody who tries to get rid of all the money that comes your way, you need to spend some time renewing your mind. And we're going to talk about that next week. Things you can do to help you. Because the challenge that you're going to find is when you start stepping in faith and asking the Lord to bring increase to you, but you keep giving it away, you're undermining the very thing God is trying to do. Now, if you're giving it away through investing or, you know, something that's looking ahead into your future, that's a different situation. What I'm talking about are for those people that feel a sense of anxiety when they have a big paycheck. In real estate, we experience this quite a bit. So when a newer agent um, gets into real estate for the first time, 
and they make their first commission check, which is typically around $2,000. Sometimes the first check is like $5,000. And all of a sudden, they get nervous. And so they start sending that money out. They, they buy stuff right away. They, you know, um, they pay off things. They, they just go crazy because they don't want to put the money in the bank account without realizing that some of that money can go to pay for a lot of future expenses in real estate, for example, that you need to have, right? So um, you pay dues every year to belong to the, the board of realtors and the MLS and stuff like that. And they will, you know, spend their whole paychecks without actually setting some aside for the future dues. And then the dues come up like they do every single year. And some of these agents are going, I don't have the money for that. Oh my gosh, where did my money go? Well, because they got rid of it out of anxiety or worry or whatever the case may be. So that is absolutely the second way we sabotage God's provision. I think I was like this too um, when I first started coming into this understanding. So let me pause this list and, and give you a quick story about me. Um, about 10 years ago, I guess, yeah, it was 10 years ago this fall, actually, I, we had just, uh, we had a pregnancy that we lost and we were kind of reeling from that. And in that same time, God was beginning to speak to us about moving to Oklahoma city. And it was just a, a weird time of life and a lot of hurting in my heart and a lot of really amazing connection with the Lord at the same time. It was kind of bizarre. And so I remember being in church one Sunday and I was worshiping and the Lord said to me, I'm going to give you a word that's just for you. Now, at that time, God would give me prophetic words for the church quite a bit. And so he was saying, this one is not for the church. This is for you. I said, okay. And he said, I want you to read Isaiah 60 and I don't want you to stop until I tell you. I said, all right. So I pulled out my Bible app on my phone. I started reading. Um, you know, arise and shine for your light has come, right? That you're going to come out of the posture of depression. And I'm reading this, I'm just crying and I'm thinking, oh gosh, this is your promise to me, Lord. You're bringing me through this really dark time. And I, I got to the end of that passage and I kind of stopped reading. And the Holy Spirit said, I didn't tell you to stop, keep going. And the next verse in that passage was a, a verse that was so strange to me. He said, and I'm going to turn the wealth of kings over to you. The wealth of the Dead Sea, or maybe is what it says, over to you. And he said, now you can stop. I said, what does this even mean? You're going to turn wealth over to me. What does this even mean, Lord? Well, two weeks later, uh, I was in a conversation with a family member and they said, we've decided to, to give you an inheritance here. And I was given an inheritance, a, a pretty amazing inheritance, two weeks after the Lord spoke this to me. And um, it was like a, a, a amount of money that had been set aside for college. And because we were done with college and all of that, my, my parents had decided you guys can you know take this money for yourself, however you want to use it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so I began to, to figure out what are we going to do with this money? Now, this was the first time I'd ever experienced some kind of an increase like this in my life. And I'm, I regret to tell you that I did not steward it well. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it now, because I sabotaged myself by trying to get rid of it. So we bought a car that we paid cash for. We went on a vacation and, you know, we put some money into savings as well. So it wasn't like we squandered every dollar of it. But within a year, that money was pretty much gone. And it was so frustrating to look back and see that and feel like, okay, you know, we really missed it in that. 
Well, that was the beginning of what God would take us down this long journey of, of building wealth and changing our perspective on finances, not only in what our income is, but also in how we view it. When Grant got into real estate and God's favor just began to be poured out on that, we began to see these larger checks coming in. And I'm so thankful to have learned this about myself, to not sabotage myself with these checks that were coming in so that we can use that money to actually be a blessing in the kingdom. And I'm telling you, it has been the hardest journey I've ever gone on, but it has been the most rewarding journey. And who we are today, 10 years later, is not who we were 10 years ago. And we've made mistakes along the way. We've had some hard lessons that we've learned. We've, you know, counted the chickens before they hatched and they didn't hatch. We've had moments where, you know, we we were able to do amazing things for the Lord as well and everything in between. So we have to address this mindset because you don't know what awaits you in your future. You don't know what kind of increase God might want to bring to you, but I can tell you that the Lord knows where your challenges are going to be, how you're going to sabotage that, how you're going to be tempted to sabotage that, and he wants you to deal with that now. So the first one is bad debt. The second one is getting rid of what God gives to you. And the third one is, this is a tough one, we struggle to work with God. We don't work with God. Some of us have this perspective that God wants us to have abundance and we just kind of sit on the check and, excuse me, sit on the couch and wait for the check to show up in the mail. That's not how it works. It's interesting um, in that, I think it's Malachi passage that everybody loves to quote um, about bring the, the full tithe into the storehouse, that one. If we go on down that passage, what we actually discover is that God brings rain. He brings rain to the crops. Well, God did not get out there and plant the crops. You plant the crops and God brings the, the rain to water it. Bill Johnson says it like this. He says, sometimes we need to give God a runway to land the plane of his blessing on. When we got into real estate, um, my husband was you know, feeling like he needed to do a different job and was talking to the Lord about it. And he felt like God said to him, I want you to pick a business that I can bless. I want you to pick a business that I can bless with my favor and, and bring you into the place I want to bring you in to do some of the things we're called to in the kingdom. And so he picked real estate. And for those of you guys that know us and know our journey, you know, he, he was very successful his first year of in real estate. Second year was even more successful and then started his own brokerage. And now we are, I think today we're the second largest brokerage in Oklahoma city. We've had a, a, a what I would consider a meteoric rise. We've had a, you know, a thousand percent increase or something like that. And it's, it's been insane what God is doing and it is God to both Grant and I, we know it is the Lord, but we work very, very hard. And it, when we work and we put the seed in the ground and we till the ground and we show up day after day and we you know, make it through the frustrating times and the disappointing times, and then when God brings the rain, there is a harvest. A lot of us want the abundance without putting in the effort, and it just doesn't work that way. That is not a kingdom principle. Even in the Garden of Eden, the, Adam and Eve were asked to work the ground, Right? And it was when they were cast out of Eden that working the ground became a begrudging thing. But they were to go into the earth to subdue it, to have dominion over it, to steward it, to work it. Work is a good thing with the Lord. I, I mentioned last week that Grant's biblical principle, he, the bonus principle we shared last week was that God loves to partner with people who have his heart. See, God is interested in partnering with you in every area of your life. 
If you are a stay-at-home mom, God wants to partner with you to mother your children, to father your children. He wants to alert you when things are going wrong. He wants to have fun with your kids with you. He wants to engage their hearts through you. That is so important to the Lord. If you are in business, God wants to partner with you to give you ideas, to give you solutions, to give you um, perspective. If you're in healthcare, if you are a teacher, we could go down the list of all the things, and I will tell you in every single instance, God wants to partner with you. Adding finances to your life, having a, a biblical wealth perspective absolutely goes hand in hand with that. We sabotage God's provision when we don't work with him. Now, I want to encourage you to find something you enjoy doing for your work, you know, Find something that you enjoy doing, whether it's a side hustle or um, an actual day-to-day job. Do something that brings you at least a little bit of joy because it's that much easier to partner with the Lord. The fourth and final way that we sabotage God's provision, at least for today's list, is this is a big one. We attach our worth to money and what money can bring to us. One of the biggest things that we do is we attach our worth to money or what money can bring to us. Last week, I shared with you this quote that greed turns abundance into arrogance, but abundance without greed is actually godly. Abundance is a good thing, but when we attach our worth to abundance, now we're off course. What does this look like? Well, how many of you have actually looked at your bank account and been pleased with the number and felt a sense of security? And likewise, on the flip side, looked at your bank account and not been pleased with the number and felt a sense of panic, a sense of frustration, a sense of worry. That's a sign that there's something in you that needs to go deeper in the Lord to detach from finances. In episode 98, I share with you guys about mammon, and that's one of the things that mammon does. Mammon creates this system in our world where we feel attached to the dollar amount in our bank account, and that becomes what makes us feel secure instead of knowing Jesus and trusting that he always provides. Subtle difference, but massive change in your heart. Massive difference within your heart. Subtle difference in your mind. And so what we do is when we attach ourselves to what's in our bank account or what our bank account can bring to us, well, now we're sabotaging the very thing God wants to do. So what does that look like? I know so many very, very wealthy people, millionaires, decamillionaires, who drive crappy cars. They wear, they don't wear designer clothes. They maybe have some cool designer clothes in their closet, but they bust those out for, you know, cool events every throughout the year. And their day-to-day wardrobe is very plain and normal. They don't buy the most expensive things every single day, even though they very well could afford it. That is a sign when we're able to think about it like that, that's a sign that the money itself doesn't have an attachment to us. In fact, a lot of times when we look and we see people who do have the nicest things that are out there, they they have the, you know, the nicest purses and the nicest shoes and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that's bad to like that. We'll get into that here in a moment. But a lot of times they're trying to feel better about themselves by what they are putting out towards the world. Their attachment is to what money can bring to them instead of finding their identity in the Lord. Now, I don't want to criticize everybody in that way or lump them all into that category because that's not true either. Some people have a real appreciation for fine things, and that's not wrong. Where does it go wrong? When we have attached our worth to that. 
when we feel like we can't leave our house unless we have something like that on, when we feel like we can't be ourselves unless. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is one of the biggest ways we sabotage God's provision is, is it's in our identity. It's in attaching our worth to our finances. And I believe this is why a lot of Christians are afraid to allow God to increase them or to bless them financially because they're afraid they might become that. And I want to say to you that you have the power to decide not to become that. (laughs) You have the power to decide not to get swept up into that kind of thing, not to look at the material things as the most important. What does the Bible tell us? It says to seek first the kingdom of God. Not that the material world doesn't matter or that it's of no consequence. It does matter. You, your human body matters. You know, these things matter, but they don't matter as much as seeking the kingdom of God. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, you know, um, what can I do to be saved? And Jesus ends up telling him, you got to give all, all that you have away. Jesus was speaking to his heart. It wasn't the fact that he had money. Jesus had a lot of money, actually. Jesus had followers who had a lot of money. It wasn't the fact that the rich young ruler had money that was the problem. It was where his heart was attached. And I would imagine that had that rich young ruler given away everything and come and follow Jesus, he would have become rich financially again, but he would have been able to do it without sorrow. He would have been able to do it with a healthy identity, with an understanding that that attachment to material things or to the number in your bank account actually is a snare. It's a trap. And you can live abundantly and you can live free of that. And I don't know, I'm feeling from the Holy Spirit, like maybe some of you guys listening to this have never heard that before. You've never heard that you can have abundance without greed. Maybe you've never seen it that done. Maybe, maybe you're someone who's like, that can't be possible. I am here to tell you, thousand percent, it is possible. It doesn't happen often, but it is possible. It's kind of my dream to see God build up an army of financially savvy believers who know how to invest and build wealth and also know how to fund the things of the kingdom. Every evangelistic crusade and effort and church plant needs money. They all need money, right? And we pray that God would provide, but we don't ever pray that God would make us the providers. And maybe we should. Maybe for those of us that know we're not called to frontline missions, we know we're not called to to be the person who lives in another country, you know, day in and day out, learning the language and sharing the gospel. Maybe we see our part as building something where we could provide for them, where they don't need an angel to show up, you know, with provision for their sack of groceries for that week because they literally had no other money. I don't think that's what was happening in the Bible. I mean, I'm not saying it's, you know, it's super cool to have angels come and do stuff for us. But I think you get what I'm saying in my heart. In the Bible, we see that Paul made a business that was actually really successful. And that business, the success of that business funded his efforts in a lot of places. Other times when God had told him this isn't the season to run the business and he he had charity from people like the Philippians who funded it. How did they fund it? They had businesses. So building wealth is actually a good thing if we do it without building attachment to the things of the enemy. So in recap, four ways we sabotage God's provision. We go into bad debt, not good debt. We get rid of what comes, what God brings to us. 
we don't work with God, we don't partner with him, and we attach our worth to money or the things that money provides for us. Next week, we're going to wrap up this series on healthy mindsets of wealth, biblical mindsets of wealth, um, and talking about specific things that you can do, action steps you can take to grow in this area of your life. See you next week. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.